Oh man, that's the picture you chose? Yeah, I thought it was funny. <laughs> Looks like a guy uh, trying to hide a couple of chins on uh, on my side there. Uh, Matt, are we ready for the uh, the big ad read here? Oh my god, yep. No better transition than to just blatantly state what's going on. No, it's something we're excited about. Matt, pigskin fans, the moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway. Something Michael Scott would be proud of. With up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is under DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. So you heard it here, folks. Download the app now. Enter the free prediction challenge. Answer the questions like, who will score last? And boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012. So they know a thing or two about big paydays. All right, everybody. Go to the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN. To enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings. The official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Time for details. All right. Well, Mike, thanks to DraftKings and the Detroit Red Wings, I'm in the hole. Uh, $25, uh, 25 smackaroos, but thank God I used that promo code DHBN so I can make the loss a little bit easier to handle because I got uh, some freebies in there. So highly recommend that, you guys. Um, and even if... Um, you know, even if it's not about getting the, the freebies uh, along with using the promo code and you do want to jump in as uh, the state of Michigan can now do the online uh, or the uh, yeah, online mobile betting um, and, and the sports booking and all that fun stuff. Uh, support the Hockey Podcast Network. Support us uh, by using the promo code THPN when you sign up at uh, DraftKings. Of course, uh, if you forget, it is right underneath me on the overlay here. So you guys uh, can see that we are now presented by DraftKings. Happy to, uh, especially now that, uh, hey, Mike, we can lose money now <laughs> and watch. Oh. Not, nothing feels better. Thank God I bet on the over in that game. So I was watching that game going, come on, Blackhawks, come on. One more. <laughs> and they did it. So I won I won 10 bucks betting five. Hey, beautiful. Yeah. You're back. No, I, I, I was even for the day because I bet the Red Wings to win and then I bet the over, which, you know, uh, I was listening to somebody talk about it. Uh, they, they said with with all these games, we thought you and I predicted you'd get tighter games in game number two. But the amount of games that are actually going over the over under are still I mean, uh, I shouldn't say uh, over the over under. Um the, the, the goal threshold is still like the same amount between game one and game two. So games are not getting tighter, at least from, from what they've seen over the first uh, week and a half here, however we want it, two weeks, whatever. Uh, so yeah. that, that's an interesting uh, little tidbit. But Mike, not so interesting. 
was this series with uh, with the Blackhawks. Yeah, I can't wait to not see them ever again. Holy God Almighty. That was a uh, we uh, have something we warned about from 2020, uh, something we encouraged by the first couple games of the season against Carolina and uh, Columbus. No, none of those goal avalanches like last year. And Chicago just turned that calendar back to 2020. Woo! Did they put a spanking on our Red Wings? Good Lord. I- no, Mike. I think uh, I think we missed the mark. Uh, we we interviewed uh, Hungry for Hawks Talk podcast, and he said, Mike, he lied to us. He said this team was going to be fighting for uh, bottom of the bottom of the division with the Red Wings. Uh, obviously not. <laughs> what a doofus! All right, Hungry for Hawks Talk. You don't know what you're talking about. You have a Stanley Cup contender on your hands. Those guys are unstoppable. Man, Brian, uh, Brian Suter, huh? Yeah, uh, his, his or, good brother. Or, or, his, uh, please, sorry, Pius Sooner. Right, Sooner's got to be excited for yeah. that. <laughs> sorry, man. There's a friend of the show uh, helping out with that. Uh, the wrong there you go. brother there. There you go. <laughs> I, I, you know, what's funny is I was really excited to talk about his name, so that's a fun way to jump in there. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Can I you, can't believe can I you imagine having your, your little baby boy and looking at him in the face and saying that? That, my friends, is that that's pious right there. I I don't know. I we're gonna have to look up the nationality there. But uh, regardless, he owns Detroit, so it doesn't matter where he's from. Uh, uh, he definitely we, uh, made some lifelong religious Blackhawk fans out of that performance. So maybe pious is not such a bad name after all. I mean, I mean, you net your first, your second, you net your third, <laughs> all in the same game. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Uh, like when when we were what when, when we're discussing like to set up this weekend, I could not be more disappointed in myself that we we decided to wait till after this game because I I actually had energy this morning. Uh, the coffee did its work. I was running around the house. We made breakfast. Uh, I, I was having a pretty good day. I even got like I I got all excited and did my hashtag wet the beat for the streak. Um, yeah. I. Uh... I, don't, I wish I just. I wish I'd pick something stronger. Is the problem? So yeah, uh, I had a uh, I had a nice Red Wing shirt on for the show, and uh, you know, after today's performance, there's only one shirt I could put on, Matt, and that's gotta be Kane. Yeah, woohoo! <laughs> All right, slightly different Kane, but uh, you get the picture. Um, <laughs> he uh, he loved playing with Pius. Oh my God, uh, there was. Uh, very little resistance uh, from our Red Wing defensive core. Uh, probably uh, the winner today of uh, least least competitive, uh, who actually got a, a little bit of a benching in the third period, uh, our boy Anthony Mantha. Uh, I don't know if he's working on a uh, Dubois impression, if he's trying to field some offers to go to Winnipeg, uh, but it uh, looked pretty rough today for what was supposed to be one of our, our top forwards. Um <laughs> You could definitely see, you could tell when somebody like Larkin was on the ice uh, today, who was busting his ass, making plays um, on even strength, on the power play, defensively. Um, and I saw his face a few times just in disbelief when he would make these beautiful centering plays, and then they would just get, you know, chopped and bopped and, you know, gone back into our zone. Um, Bertuzzi had two goals, of course, and, uh, you know, he, he looked like he was, you know, contributing, interested. Um, you know, even, uh, as the score started to get more and more lopsided, you could still, you know, feel his presence on the ice, but, uh, 
Woo! That other uh, of the three-headed runwing monster, Mantha. I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know if he's nursing an injury, but uh, it was it was pretty discouraging. Yeah, I, I mean, my problem here is um, you saw the the first period, and he was actually doing pretty good in individual expected goals, and that is the problem when you only use analytics because you could see that he was flat-footed. You could see the shots on net were just, it was happenstance. Like, it was like, oh, good. It, it actually got to Mantha that time, and he had space. It wasn't like he was creating it. He He looks... Like he, I mean, like you said it, it, it looks like he's doing a Pierre-Luc Dubois impression. And, uh, I mean, it only took one period, one more period for everyone to kind of see, I, I guess what I was seeing and, and sometimes what we saw last year, but it just kind of feels like maybe it's, maybe it's the start. And he, he looks at the lineup changes and, uh, at the start of the game, he's, he's listed with Glenn Denning and, and the Mystikoff. And instead of, like this is the problem, right? Like this this lineup is broken up because you're supposed to look at these guys like Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Mantha, and say that they can hold down a line themselves, right? Like when when you you look at different teams across the league, a guy like oh I don't know Mike, how about Patrick Kane? He gets put on a line with a couple of not I mean I, I don't, what do you, what do you call them besides what they did today? A couple of nothings. I mean Pius is getting his first goal today. So it, it, it's it's something where you you put anybody with that guy and they're going to look good. What you you try to dissect here is yes, it's one game. Um, it was extremely frustrating to watch, and we have our our blogger Jesse. That that was the first thing I texted to him was uh, this guy's one of our highest paid players on the team, and he's the most frustrating guy in the world to watch and, and you struggle, right? Because you don't, I, I don't want to turn into like, um, sorry if you're watching, but I don't want to turn into our dad where we, we, you know, used to see the, like you'd pick the highest paid guy and go, he sucks. Even though he's probably having a pretty good season. Like this legitimately Mike looks like he's, he does not give a shit. So that's where the question starts to come in. Did he look at the lineups today and just kind of say, well, I'm just tossing this one in. Like, obviously, if I, if, you know, if I have to play with Glendening and Nemistikov, I'm not, I'm not going to be expected to score today. Or should his, like, do we give that a pass? Do we try and figure out where his head's at? Or do we just get more angry because he could, he should look at it as an an opportunity to, to make some offense. I'm going to play with two new fresh faces Sure, we don't have the chemistry because we haven't been practicing together. We haven't been in training camp together for two weeks. Like uh, Bertuzzi, Larkin, and Mantha was was the top line. Um, but instead, I mean, we didn't we didn't get that. We just got something that, without us knowing more, was a performance that was so poor that even Blashill, uh, to everyone's you know, like we're we're everybody's ready to take a dump on Blashill and say this is the reason we lost today. I, I don't, I don't, I really don't agree with that. I think if anything, there was a major decision that needed to be made and Blaschel made the right, he made the right choice. I, I saw a guy that wasn't putting in effort. I saw a guy that could have looked at today as an opportunity to say, I can pull this line through, you know, every zone and I'm going to dominate. Uh, he could look across the ice and see Patrick Kane and say that I need to live up to that. Like, that's how I'm going to get my next huge payday. None of that happened. Yeah, it, it definitely looked like he uh, was looking around and realizing, well, I guess my role changed. 
I guess I'm a defensive forward now. But then he, it was a little bit like when you were in middle school and your teacher would be like, all right, everybody line up and face forward. And then like one kid would line up, but then he'd be facing like the word forward and not be facing the direction everybody else is. You said face forward. And Blashill's like, come on, man. I I told you to defend the net. You got to get over there. I was in front of the net. Yeah, but you got to like hit the guy or at least, you know, challenge him. You're six foot four. You know, you're basically a Winklevoss twin. You should be pummeling these guys. And don't, oh my goodness. Uh, that Rasmussen goal that he gave up with that number six. Oh, was that ugly? Um, how do you forget you're six foot six and just double the size of the guy who, who got around you and scored? It was, it was rough. Um, not, uh, not a fun couple games to talk about, Matt. Um, was there any, I'd say there was at least one encouraging, because uh, I, you know, now that we're getting like baseball series and these games kind of, you know, they come together, we're playing the same team a couple times. Yeah. Um, the one thing I was going to say, because uh, it's so, we got to get all the ne- negative stuff out of the way. There had to be something positive out of this, but, um, you know, no no Fabry, no Gagne, no Zadina, no Ernie, um, and Merrill also uh, scratched today, which, which meant we got to see the juice. Woo! Uh, pretty terrifying when the juice and Philpola and, and Rome are on your power play. Uh, yeah. But that happened. That happened today. Uh, I don't think Philpola was on the, the power play like in his, you know, his best days back when he had the bleach blonde hair. But um, here he is for this Red Wing team um, where we got to we got to ice a second power play. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but yeah. um, the other thing I was just going to mention is um, I it feels like this team, you know, has, has zero depth, Matt. Uh, that's kind of one of the scary trends. So, you know, if, if Bobby Ryan happens to miss a game, um, you know, Zadina went down, it just feels like, you know, Blashill's just desperately, like, looking around, you know, trying to, you know, mix and match with Bertuzzi, Larkin, and and what we thought was going to be Mantha um, to try and make sure he can, you know, have right. more than one credible line out there. And um, it's just not the case. It just... You know, Larkin was making all these um, really, you know, impressive, um, you know, centering plays, um, breaking breaking the play down, coming up the wing, trying to, you know, get something going on offense. And his skill level is just so much higher than the other, uh, his line mates. Uh, it, it just, it, it didn't work out at all. Um no, I would I say know. this uh, for Larkin. I, I would say it's not it's not just the skill. This is, I mean, this was high effort. This was absolutely everything you want to see from your captain. Like this, this was two straight games where we saw dog crap. I mean, you could easily say top to bottom. Um, but Larkin, like, it, it's not even about playing that that silly game of like, God, he looked the best out of all of the turds. No, Larkin played a hell of a couple of games like yeah. they were fantastic and we just had highlight after highlight of him uh breaking in and, and trying to score and even on on the chances where he's not putting it in you're just seeing this guy who who looks frustrated and just says i like it, it's it's another unfortunately tough to measure from a statistics standpoint standpoint until you say oh good it's a high danger scoring chance because larkin got right up front uh but from that pers- that that point of where do you start to mix in like that um, 
you know, the old, the old farts in Moneyball where they're, they're saying that guy's got high compete, you know, but that's it right there. Like that was Larkin. He's just taking the puck from his own team and, and, and trying to get the puck out in front of the net and put one in. Um, we saw it pay off in the first game against the Blackhawks. And then we had, uh, we had one that, that just barely didn't make it past the toe um, against Chicago today. And I just, if there's the positive for me, it's that Larkin's not turning it off. It's whatever the conversation was with Steve Eiserman before the season started really resonated. It's uh, it's that we, we did actually pick a, a legitimate leader and a guy we saw all last season talking to the media is when this team couldn't find a win yeah. um, and, and he still would stand up and make, make his best to comment as he could to make sure he's still not running his team down, but making sure he knows like, you guys gotta, you guys gotta get your shit together. Um, but uh, you know, w- what we're seeing now is also a, a combination of like maturity from um, a selection standpoint. So we, we see these moves where he is going up front to the net, uh, and and they're they're good timing. It's not something where he's doing this, and we've seen it in years past where he kind of turns up the. Uh, um, I don't want to say he's just turning up speed. He's not just turning up effort. He, he's just trying, you know, anything, pinching a little bit harder um, and trying to get that puck out in front of the net. It, it's If anything, it's not uh, going to hurt us in any way. It's not a detriment. It's not anything where he's putting himself out of position. It's it's all of this is kind of coming together. And Dylan Larkin, like this might have been like the perfect season to make him the captain because everything just looks it looks legit. It looks hot. It, it looks top level, elite level hockey player. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, how are you going to define elite? Um, but I, I, I like to think we have a, at least a broad enough definition between, um, you know, us all NHL fans of what that elite player is. It really does look like he's, he's coming into his own and it, it does start with for me that high level of compete, unfortunately, Hard to measure. Got to use the eyeball test. But um, I, I do see a lot of the experience and his hockey smarts coming into play here, too. So I, I'm finding it tougher to find a lot of positives out of this. But I don't know if you could say any shift by Dylan Larkin in these last two games wasn't. I don't I don't know if must watch TV is a little too strong for this because we still lose four to one and six to two, but it, it legit is, is exciting. It's something back in, uh, in the days when we were watching playoff hockey, uh, you were holding your breath until, you know, you could get another dat soup shift while we were in the playoffs because it seemed like he was the only guy that was, um, you know, at certain times he was putting on the best scoring chances and we're getting that again. Now it's just that the avalanche, um, for lack of a better word of goals, that just keeps piling on top of, of Larkin uh, and and his high effort just seems to be too much right now. And a lot of that goes with what we're missing, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, tweeted out after the, the first game, you're competing against Blaschel's poor choice, which we haven't gotten into yet, of uh, 11 forwards and seven defensemen, which really mixed up those forward lines and really broke up any sort of chemistry you were going to get going to get because he pretty much forced himself to be juggling the entire game. Uh, but you're battling Blashill's poor decisions and COVID and it's just too much. It, you can't, you can't lose Fabry and Zadina and sit there and go, uh, this team should be able to compete at a high level. No, like if, if you're mad at someone 
in that regard. And I'm sorry, now I've got another idea that I want to rant on. Um, That's the name of the show, man. It's okay. If, right. If you're mad at someone in that regard, when the team loses to second line, I mean, based on how this team performs on a night to night basis, you could make the argument at certain times they've been the first line. You lose yeah. two top six forwards on a team that had the worst team in the NHL last year and one of the worst teams to ever play in the NHL, you will absolutely look like dog crap. So you can't get mad at Blaschel for that. I don't think he's doing a good job as a coach, but you lose two top six forwards. You don't get mad at Blaschel for that. And I'm certainly not mad at Iserman for not filling out a team this year that has a lot of depth. There's so many holes to fix. I think what this was, Mike, was more an eye-opener, the same as last season when we we had the hot start. We had four goals from Mantha. We were flying pretty high. We were kind of thinking like, hey, we're going to compete this year, despite the rest of the NHL's media coverage saying, no, we're going to stink. I think all this is is another eye-opening moment for how many times we've heard Steve Eiserman dance around the question of what's your timetable for this team. And we're seeing more meaning to it. it it's just, there's so much here that needs to be filled out. I, I, I don't see anybody we're lucking into uh, from a Grand Rapids Griffins perspective just yet. Yeah. Um, and, and we're still got, even, even when we watch, you know, these SHL games or the world juniors, those kids are still a couple years away. We'll, we'll get, We'll get an improvement when when Lucas Ray- Raymond, which we all hope is is coming over next season. Jesus, we don't we don't even know at this point. I, I I'd be hard pressed to say I'm a hundred percent certain he's coming over next year. But um, all of this put together, like I think we just have to realize that this is reality for for a little bit longer. Like uh, I I just I I can't I can't get too mad at Blashell. I'm definitely never going to be mad at or I. Not yet. We're not mad at Iserman because he's got he's got to build this team. But you just you can't look at this game and just get too worked up uh, on on whatever decisions are going on because we just don't we don't have enough. We flat out don't have enough talent. Um, yeah. Oh man, I, I we have a lot of comments. Uh, yeah, I just wish that uh, there was something. Uh, you know, if if we're going to be down Zadina and and Fabry, understandably, I can expect us. You know, maybe to get instead of three, my God, even four goals, you know, let's, that's an optimistic number because we don't have a lot of scoring lines. I'd expect us to score a little bit less, right? But ideally, if you don't have goal scorers, I feel like at least the strategy, like the strategy of the team, uh, you know, when they're on the ice should maybe, you know, hunker down a little bit more defensively. And instead, it's not like we lost our top defenders in Fabry and Zadina. They're a couple guys we lean on for goals. Um, so the roster was, you know, a little bit thin. You know, Lions juggled a little bit. And we went back to caving in and giving up six goals. Um, it, it just... This is where, you know, you can kind of start to, you know, question, you know, what, what the heck's going on out there if, you know, we don't, if you're not going to score, fine, you know, at least bring something to the table, bring, you know, let's see, like you said, that compete level, uh, just show some effort on defense. And it, there, there was some, some notable, like scary lapses where it, it feels like, man, we, we, we still didn't plug that up. Like it's, 
it's been a couple years. We're not asking you to put a you know a hat trick on the board, but my God, you know, use your use your length, use your size. Um, you know, maybe not give up these easy ping pong goals uh, where you know three to four clean passes are happening in our own zone. It's uh, just something that you know makes you want to you know dread you know watching Red Wing hockey and you know talking about it because it's just it's it's hard to watch. It's uh, they just look so mismatched sometimes when. Just the the tiniest little you know um, uh, imbalance of the equilibrium of every single player being healthy that they ideally want to ice. Um, I, I just I wish there was just a little. I, I don't mind losing you know two to one or three to two, but man, going back to these, uh, what was against, it? Was it four to one on on Friday? Four to one and six to two against yeah. a really, I mean, predictably bad Chicago Blackhawks team. Uh, but I, I do have to give a shout out real quick. LBT thrown out there. Mantha is looking bad, and uh, DW3X with the uh, the angry emojis also thrown out there. We are shite. There's the correction there. Um, I mean, this this is the point we're at already. Like six games in, we're feeling pretty good at two and two. But you go down to this team. I mean, this really is the eye opener, Mike. Um, like I like like I said, I, it's it sucks. I think what'll be interesting going forward, like what do, what do we do with uh, the benching of Mantha? Um, are we still just holding our breath till we get Sedina and Fabry Brat back? Um, I mean, I could have seen this game being, you know, like five to four, six to five, if we had all our guns, because Chicago had a lot of breakdowns um, where they, they um, it, it wasn't quite where, it wasn't as bad as our defense, but there's definitely a couple of times where the Red Wings were able to control the play. And based on the, you know, what, six games we've seen so far this season, uh, we've been notorious yeah. for doing one and dones, not sustaining pressure. Uh, but we had a couple opportunities uh, today, uh, you know, to try and control it based on what Chicago was, was bringing to the table. And we just couldn't bring it home or we couldn't connect the right pass. And, you know, I don't think Chicago's a world beater. I don't think they're, you know, going to be making any noise in the playoffs. Um, no, they're not going anywhere near the playoffs. They're they're going to. They they're probably feel right good in Detroit a couple more times this season, but you know, I, Look, I, I mean, like statistically, the problem is you, you want you're you're talking about the secondary chances. Our, our best chances today, Mike, our our leader in high danger scoring chances was front was Franz Nielsen. So you you paint a picture like a broad stroke every time you look at uh, the analytics of a game and you say this team had more puck possession or this team had the better chances on net. But that's where if you only look at it on that top layer, it's not going to tell the whole story. Now, Mike, would you like to take a guess based on our six to two, two goal game? Would you like to take a guess as who's number two? On the high danger scoring chance list for today's game. After Nielsen? I'm sorry? sorry? You said after Nielsen? After Nielsen. Two, two goals for the Red Wings. Mike, who's number two on the high danger scoring chances list? It's, was I'm it the twos? You, was it yeah. the twos? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to trick you there. Yeah, I thought, I was um, like, was it Mantha? My God. No. What, what's this statistic even mean? Okay. For two. That's. Like that's where you go. Oh, okay. So this thing does actually mean something sometimes. Okay. Uh, you get two's uh, number two on the team with high danger scoring chances. And another another thing to your point uh, with with these games getting out of hand. You also heard Eddie Olchuk during the game talk about this game and last game Bertuzzi 
really having some juicy chances and just not being able to follow through. And then yeah. we also talked in our last episode of the podcast where you look at expected goals for and expected goals against, and you're you're always breaking that. Whenever somebody scores, they're always going above and beyond what the expected goals is because you're not normally going to see somebody have so many great chances that the expected goals is going to say two, three, or four for one person. Uh, it, it's going to be pretty low. And that's why, I mean, how many skaters are on the ice and a couple of guys are going to score every game, right? So uh, it would, it, it's just to that point of how extremely difficult it is for this team to score. But you, you need the right guys to be getting these high-danger scoring chances. And if yeah. we're gonna, this is a, a theme now through six games is that the entire strategy has been to limit chances. So when uh, we saw Mantha score a couple games ago, he had a puck drop to his uh, on the power play, smack yeah. him right in the stick. He he wasn't doing anything special, but being where he was supposed to be for the power play, rebound goes right to his stick, wide open net, boom, scores. With a team who limits chances, you have to score on those. Now, when your team is decimated by covid <laughs> and you get the same high danger scoring actually, Matt, fun fact actually the correct use of that word decimated means like basically one out of ten is gone so you nailed it beautiful use of the word decimated i like it a lot so with <laughs> with that being the case yeah. your high danger scoring chance instead of going to a zadina Instead of going to a Fabry, instead of having your second line actually be what the second line's supposed to be, Franz Nielsen leads in high danger scoring chances for the Red Wings today. So to that point, things can start as we. I'm going to use this word again, but you know, uh, or I guess I, I don't want to say what I was about to say, but but things start to pile on top of you. This game becomes six to two because you see the Red Wings really start to give up. You saw Mantha give up so much that he was benched. That's how it got to six to two. But if that's not Franz Nielsen getting those juicy, unbelievable, juicy second, third wax at the puck in front of the net, if that's anybody else, that game is now, let's say he puts that in. I I, I think at the time it would have made it a one goal game. Yeah. That the whole trajectory changes. And again, if that if that's not Nielsen and, and COVID's not getting in the way. You have an actual line that's going to keep playing the entire game. Uh, you have Bobby Ryan on the line that he was doing fantastic with. Uh, you you can keep Mantha, Larkin, and Bertuzzi together, and maybe Mantha's getting enough shots on net that he's not throwing up the white flag after 20 minutes of this game. Um, I think when, when you're trying to, again, you, you take a look at those analytics from a team perspective, and you look at the top layer, and you see that, the Red Wings didn't do so bad in scoring chances. They didn't do so bad in possession. They they did pretty good in expected goals. And when you see who's bringing in the expected goals, it can't be Nielsen. And and that's that's again that that goes back to, um, are are we really going to sit here and say Blashill needs to get fired after this game? No. Yes. Oh. I I think I think. <laughs> I, I yeah. think we have um I think we're on schedule, right? And by that I mean we're supposed to be bad this year. Uh if anything, we overperformed winning two games to start the season in the first four games, right? I mean I I hate I hate to say I mean, it, but it should just be if uh you know, if you're thinking about firing up the DraftKings app, making some bets, and you want to bet for the Red Wings, make sure they're at home. 
Make sure zero of their yeah. top six forwards are injured. Uh, make sure they're not playing a team that prioritizes goal scoring instead of defense because we don't have the guns. So then your fourth thing, <laughs> half the time you're golden. There you go. So everybody healthy, not scoring <laughs> team, 50-50, and be at home. Uh, then you got a pretty good shot of winning some money. Otherwise, bet against. And uh, I think I think we did a pretty good job with some uh, you know discovery here, kind of trying to put this together on how did this happen off the cuff. Uh, but I like to think that's that's our main sticking point here is um, don't get too overly excited. Uh, the schedule again for Red Wings fans is that we were supposed to suck this year. So I mean, here, here's the thing: right, right, on, right uh, on pace, right on pace, pacing nicely. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, I, I liked uh, I like the point I've heard on some rival podcasts about bringing in a new coach um, and the amount of time you'd have to wait probably 14 days before you can bring in another coach. So what are you doing in those next 14 days? And this is a 56 game season. So, I mean, there's so many things to measure here, folks. If anything, you just have to stomach Blashill for the shortest season you're going to watch. Well, I guess outside of lockout seasons. So yeah. just. It sucks, right? But there's there's absolutely zero point to forcing this right now. And I don't anticipate, Mike, anybody else is going to be making a, a coaching change or a ton of coaching changes happening. So whatever is available to you right now will be available to you at the end of the season. And don't forget, uh, people talk about it all the time, like uh, going to a team that's not going to win a Stanley Cup from a player perspective. I'm fairly certain that this is not the time for us to go we need a top level coach. Come on and fix it. Like there's nothing to fix. There's, there's not enough there. Franz there's, nothing that, had, there's nothing that a coaching change I think would, would fix is what you're saying. Right. I, I think some people could make the argument from a player development perspective. Like um, if, if we had a different coach, maybe they're going to learn to play a different way that will help them become a better hockey player going forward. But I mean, are we saying that like, Mantha's done with his development because like if we are, I hope he's not a finished product. I, um, well, here's the thing. Like, I mean, what, what do you change to get, to get him to like, not be dragging his feet? Yeah. I mean, I, I still think that the case against Blashill is just, uh, it's so strong. He I will know. not be on this team for much longer. There's a zero point to doing it now. Yeah. There's no point to do it now, but still, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know how good it feels to write those checks uh, for his pay uh, when it's another six to two shellacking. Um, and nobody, nobody's playing defense. Like uh, it doesn't feel like we looked at the big dry erase board from 2020 and put like a big X on it and said, all right, we're going to not do that anymore. And then 2021 rolled around and we're like, all right, did nobody see the 2020 dry erase board? We're still doing it. All right, we got to stop hanging our heads. It's just a goal. This is hockey, a, a two goal lead is nothing we could come right back and instead the reverends are like oh yeah now it's a three goal lead what do you think of that jeff smack and here we are so i i i just um yeah like i, I hope nobody misses like the idea here that we don't want to keep jeff blashell i just there there's other priorities that need to get fixed uh but yeah i it's it's i, I think to bring it up again and to keep telling twitter you know, keep telling social media Blashell needs to get fired. He will. 
it'll be gone. Or you doesn't even need to get fired. The contract will be up. But this team, you know, it wasn't going to do much we better. Do, uh, a little bit <laughs> like when we signed uh, uh, Grice as our as our goalie to platoon with uh, Bernier. You know, it's it's more like a base control experiment, right? Um, so we we know that we don't have a roster. So what's the point in changing a coach? <laughs> You know, I mean, what are you what are you going to glean from that? You're going to have another coach. Uh, you're going to be paying Blashill to be unemployed, having pina coladas um, in the Caribbean, uh, while this other coach is just, you know, also going bald, uh, Blashill style, <laughs> pulling his That's, hair out. That is a really great point. With with the amount of money that the these teams are saying they're losing by playing and not having an open arena for fans, yeah. do they really want to be paying two people right now? And we're not talking about, you know, salaries and, and salary caps. We're just talking straight up revenues and uh, expenses, profit and loss. Uh, so I, I think as much as they can limit, you know, you go for a bargain barrel coach, you've got it. Um, and don't forget, Mike, when we spoke to Ryan Lambert, he said, why bother get a coach that's any better than this when you want that first pick? Um, if anything, Mike, we can walk away from this and go, oh, my God, guess who's dead last in the division? Well, almost dead last. Uh, it'll be we'll be hoping the Dallas Stars take down the Predators, but we'll be facing the Stars right after that. Starting on Tuesday, we've got them Tuesday and Thursday, Mike. Um, here's the thing. Dallas uh, had all their uh, opening games canceled up until that Predators game. Uh, and then they played their first game this season. And won seven to nothing over the Nashville Predators. So uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens tonight. And they play the Predators at eight o'clock tonight. But um, I gotta say, it's uh, it was scary from the beginning when we saw that the Stanley Cup runner-up uh, would also be in our division, and, and you know, and obviously uh, Tampa Bay's <laughs> in it too. Uh, yeah. So we knew this was going to be tough. But man, that seven to nothing shellacking. Um, oh boy. I don't. I don't know if it was just like the extra practices Dallas got before they had to hit the ice or uh, or what, but uh, they're they're one and zero and uh, have a, a weak looking Red Wings team who's right now hurt pretty bad uh, by COVID. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully somebody comes back by Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, at least pad those uh, DraftKings numbers. That's what the Red Wings are trying to do. They're trying to stack it up. All right. They're they're uh, they're planning on giving up a nice seven spot this week, huh? <laughs> Another just got to remind everybody too that promo code THPN will come into play. Uh, So if you want to bet on the Red Wings, you'll have some leeway with some of the free gifts you'll get for joining uh, with the Hockey Podcast Network. So uh, (laughs) I I don't know, it's it's rough. You get you get those puck lines, you know, you get the plus one point five, and I kind of like in my head I'm going, we're not going to get destroyed by Chicago twice. So I didn't just outright pick the Red Wings. I just picked the puck line and uh man am i bummed uh but again still happy i i broke even with the the over under bet okay so mike where do we go from here uh i think it's time we sail off into the sunset uh let's cross our fingers on uh, the dallas stars uh coming up. we got we got to do our fun segments didn't you have a be the gm for us oh that's right i totally forgot uh i think i'm gonna have to go find it right now on our on our twitter account uh but we do have this fun thing All right. Uh, 
still looking. Uh, Love that music. <laughs> you, sh you should have queued up the Who's That Pokemon. I'm ready to roll, son. <laughs> well, here's here's the question, Mike. I I'll just pose right. it since I can't find it. Uh, That's okay. Favorite. Fire it away, man. What do you got? Well, it was right when Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, the drama was really turned up. And I, I threw out there, look, guys, if we want, and obviously this is before this game, I was like, if we want Pierre-Luc Dubois, we're going to have to give up stuff and Amantha. So I, I was saying, are you prepared to give up stuff and... What are you prepared to do? Exactly. And I, I'd like to say, Mike, that my answer has certainly changed after today. But, um, like, in a landslide, uh, yes, 65% are ready to, we're ready to get rid of Mantha before this game even happened. Uh, so, <laughs> this, this is kind of where we're at right now, is that this has definitely changed, uh, yeah. because... This was a shocking trade, by the way. Uh, I, I, I still feel like, uh, I kind of feel like Columbus definitely came out on top. Uh, they had a disgruntled player. I feel like uh, you could have bought low on him, and Winnipeg gave up Lion A, who, good lord, what a goal scorer! I, I I didn't think you'd have to give up that much for a guy, you know, with a with a full diaper. Well, here's here's yeah, I I get what you're saying there. I I thought it was interesting that um, the way I mean it, it does suck. I'm about to say this, but. Um, we had to watch Mike Babcock between periods and his thoughts on this, where you've got two guys that don't want to be where they're currently at. And now there's someplace they want to be. Mike, there's I, nothing. Nobody, nobody wants to go to Columbus. Ugh. Nobody wants to go to Winnipeg. That's what my point was going to be. I, the, the whole argument with PLD was he, he wanted to go to a bigger market. I, don't believe that in any shape or form like I, that, or I'm sorry. I don't believe that that was the only thing, but if it was, it definitely wasn't solved by going to Winnipeg where the joke that was going around was, you know, there's no airport. So with, with that being bantied about, did he, he take a train he, to Winnipeg? Yeah. Um, with that being bantied <laughs> about like, how do you really look at this and say that he, he got placed in a spot where he's going to all of a sudden perform better? Yeah. Um, I, I, I get Mike, uh, from a production standpoint, I think, uh, from goal scoring standpoint, you, you are looking at line a being the better of the two yeah. from, I mean, you, you pick up a, a Pierre Luc Dubois because of his, his two way abilities. I just, I, I agree with you that the the two-way abilities are high for Pierre. Um I just I do think I do think yeah that the blue jackets won won on this trade. I I it, it's unbelievable to me that a guy that needed to leave so badly uh fetched that much when when everybody knew that the blue jackets needed to move this guy. Um so it's, it's and they were in a rush to do it. I mean you know, yeah. he, he was uh, openly protesting uh, being a blue jacket on the ice, uh, super unprofessional. And uh, that, that that didn't uh, deter Winnipeg at all. They're like, fuck it. You can have one of our best players. Yeah, he kind of doesn't, you know, he, he's kind of upset we don't have an airport. Uh, he's tired of riding the tutu um, around the great province, uh, province of Canada. Um, but uh he was yeah, scoring though. Incredible, incredible job by that blue jacket GM. Incredible job. Um, so if Matt RB the GM was, would you trade Mantha and 
got, you know, hopefully not a first round pick, but Mantha and Kibbles and Bits. Um, I would still do it. I still would have done it. Uh, I, I will take proven over potential any day of the week. And Mantha, we're still waiting for him to prove it. Um, doob doob. Um, he's got the numbers. So, won't be happening for us, but uh, it was a nice thought while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, at this point, too. I, Let me I, just ask a quick line change question. Sure. Matt, do you think that Iserman made a call? Yeah, they, there was a report that the Red Wings were involved early, and then we dropped off. Hmm. It might have been a call like, all right, we just want maybe, I don't know, one of your players and maybe a sixth-round pick. Whoa, let me stop you there, all right? Have you heard how much I love draft picks? You're not getting any of our picks, all right? And then they hung up. So. Uh, Matt, uh, before we go, yeah. do you want to try and do a Who's That Pokemon? Yeah, let's do it. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. excited for this one, too. All right. I'm sorry I was wrapping up early, but uh, i just I'm so bummed by this game. All right, everybody, <laughs> it's time for... Pokemon! Starring uh, head coach Jeff Blanchel, as read by friend of the show and color commentator for your Detroit Red Wings, Paul Woods! My God, he's back again! Uh, Matt... This, uh, this quote, I'm very excited to read. It was from a uh, fluff piece on uh, NHL.com slash Red Wings. Um, definitely some, uh, you know, core-cutting uh, analytics there. And, uh... <laughs> so, Matt, if you're buckled in, I've got a quote ready for you. Uh, yeah. What we're going to do is uh, Matt's got to guess which player is being talked about. Matt, are you buckled in? I'm ready to go. All right, it's a really fun one, especially after uh, the last two games that we've had. But here we go. Hey, uh, everybody, it's your old buddy, uh, Paul Woods, here, ready to read a quote from uh, this excellent, excellent Detroit Red Wing team. Very proud of the city of Detroit. Wow, what a hockey team they feel, huh? Here we go. This is a quote from head coach Jeff Blashell talking about the excellent Detroit Red Wings. My God, they already have two wins this season. Here we go. I think Blank has done a good job, has impressed in a lot of ways. He's a good pro. He just comes in and does work. There's not a lot else to worry about. He just totally does his job, and he's done a good job at it. End quote. So, Matt, you need to think about the whole roster on this one. This, this one's really wide open because everybody's doing such a great job. Uh, <laughs> you got to narrow it down to one guy doing such a particularly good job that Jeff Blaschel dropped his name. Now, All right, so this he... is a fluff piece. It's on NHL.com slash Red Wings. Does that help lead the witness? Here we go. Um, I'm gonna say it's Mark. Let me Stahl. give you one more. Let me give you one more hint. He has arguably done a pretty good job. Oh, okay. okay. Arguably uh, done a good job. It's not as it's not as sarcastic as it could have been. Here we go. I, I was that's why I, I said Mark Stahl when you kept saying it's a fluff piece. Like they, they said, all right, we've got to brain this guy. He's better, been right? really tall. He's been really tall for us. He comes to work. He clocked he in. He's tall. He did a great belly flop on that last Blackhawk goal. Oh, man. It's great. All right. So then I'm going to say if we're talking a workhorse uh, and he's not saying, it's not like he sat there and said, hey, he's blowing up the, he's blowing up the stat sheet. Um, <laughs> let's let's just go let's go easy let's go uh let's go luke glendening Ooh, matt with a luke glendening matt you had to check your sheet the streak is broken it was uh <laughs> it was grace sorry matt 
Oh, all right. Well, I mean, that's... This, you piece, definitely... this piece was written uh, three days ago. I mean, I don't know how I got that wrong with all those solid clues that I got. Um, <laughs> it's a fluff piece. Good job. Uh, fluff. Uh, oh, it. Reddit. Well, that was a lot, man. I, yeah, I basically I, handed it to you. I, <laughs> I don't feel bad about that one at all. That was <laughs> hey, this guy came to work today. All right, Matt. <laughs> Who are you talking about? Uh, I said arguably he's done a pretty good job. So that, that cut off like three quarters of the team immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said he doesn't have COVID. All right. Um, that would have helped, actually. Yeah. That would have knocked out quite a few players. Yeah, yeah, I should get like lifelines or like, uh, like uh, you know how you play, um, guess who, kind of thing. And I can say, does he have a mustache? Like I'll, I'll say, does your, does your player wear a goalie helmet? Yeah, <laughs> it's Thomas <laughs> Grace. Can you guess who? It's a mystery. That's a whole other game, man. This the, is uh, that Pokemon. Be a top line forward who got benched. Um, all right. Ooh. Ooh, so many options. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, I think, um, by the way, do you think after like, cause we have so few, we had so few forwards today we tried to bench Mantha, but he had to go back on the ice. Cause then we had to bench Rasmussen for a few minutes. <laughs> but then he was back out there. Cause then we had to bench, you know, Nielsen for a, it, you know, you get where I'm going with this, but right. No, it's just, uh, it, it, <laughs> it kind of felt like Flashel went, oh, right, we have to do line changes. This isn't just a line change. All right, you're you're benched for a few lines, and then it'll be your turn. But consider yourself benched. Hmm. <laughs> you know what? Rest up. Yeah, how do you like that? <laughs> Listen, we got a few guys in the box. You're still benched, but I need you to ice. I need you on the, on the field, on the ice. All right, let, let me do – I'll do a line change question. Mike, on the bench – Hirose uh-huh. gets tagged to go on the ice on the power play. You're in. Does Blashell go in Mantha's ear and say, "You're benched," or, or, or does he say, "Hirose, get out there"? And Mantha turns around and he's like, "Don't, don't worry about it. It's just a thing. I'm just trying." What's more likely that Blashell gave Mantha the menacing "You're benched" whispered into his ear? Maybe maybe a little bleh, like just to really get at him, just to really send a shiver up his spine. <laughs> or when Mantha turned around to realize that he was benched, Flash was just like, eh, no, it's, it's fine. It's just a one, just a one. Just, we're just trying this out. We're going to try. Just watch. <laughs> I think, see what I, happens. Think, I think this is what happened. Um, all right. Next power play. I'm going to need uh, Hirose out there. And then Mantha's like, and then Turns Flash around. was like, For those listening to the podcast, uh, Blash will put up his notes in front of his face so that he can catch his eyes. <laughs> uh, like, um, th- this will be a fun test of, of everybody's patience on that bench. If, uh, you know, if the if the respect really is there for Blashel, uh, considering it's not anywhere near for, for Red Wings fans, but if he makes choices like that on, on the top guys on the team, what do you, he's I, not we know he's not torts like we know he's a player's coach so i just wonder like what happens when a blashel does that compared to 
I'm just so excited for our next game, man. I think to face Dallas with a plus seven uh, goal difference. I want to see if they can, you know, get double digits. But I also (laughs) want to see. All right, Blashill's like, all right, throw the kitchen sink out there. I I tried seven defensemen. You know what? Tonight, no defensemen. We're just throwing all forwards out there. You guys get in the taxi cab. Nope, nope. You two, Honer, Horner. I don't have a Horner right now. Get on the cab. All right, we're doing all forwards. Let's see what happens. We might give up 15, but by God, we're getting three tonight. I can't wait. <laughs> I, well, I know which direction I'm going in with my next DraftKings bet. Um, I said <laughs> I wasn't going to react to a single game. This is going to get tough. This is going to get Vegas tough because they're about to put that, that that line at Dallas winning by like six goals. You're like, oh, man, that's like right on the money. Oh. <laughs> I, I might just stick with over-under going forward on these Wings games and just keep picking the over. Oh, <laughs> Seems yeah. like a good bet. Yeah. Um, or you know what? That's a bad call because it didn't work out the game right before this. So yeah. never mind. Um, okay. So that's that's Red Wings rant. My favorite rant. part um, of the show is the last six minutes when it turns into Red Wing roast instead of Red Wing rant. That's my favorite part. I, I hope people make it this far. Um, yeah. We might have to do <laughs> some edits to put this in the beginning and then... <laughs> In the middle and the end. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll put it as like the tease, so then people are like, "When are they gonna talk about it?" And then it's the very last. This thing was we the, think. Uh, yeah, because most of this show was you know uh, like the Franz Nielsen shifts, and then the last six minutes was Larkin, you know, peppering it in from you know the end board. So, <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's let's sail off into the sunset. Let's do it, buddy. As, our, as our good friend Stone Cold says. Um, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Sorry, the uh, the episode was a little erratic. Uh, the notes are definitely lacking um, today. I, I'm going to struggle to put up our silly little blog uh, with each episode that we do because I don't I don't want to write about this game, but I have to. Uh, so check that out. It's podcast.com/slash/redwingsrant. We'll have our thoughts typed out, and uh, also keep an eye out. We're doing our um, our four dummies series so we have covered each nhl team so far um blackhawks blue jackets and carolina hurricanes that means we do have our dallas stars for dummies coming out this week uh so we'll have that out early either monday or tuesday so you guys can catch up with what's going on with the stars and uh also follow along with our predictions where uh mike if you're paying attention i am dead last in our predictions team um actually we all might be tied for last based on um you know, if we're using puck line or whatever, uh, we, we all we're all pretty terrible. But uh, maybe maybe we'll get better once we get used to what's going on here. But uh, those, of course, are presented by DraftKings, as is the show. So we remind you to use promo code THPN uh, to uh, get all those bennies once you get logged in on the app of uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook, which again is now available in Michigan. Highly recommend it. It is uh, adding a little more juice to these games, Mike. Um, that and they're definitely going to need it. Can't just can't just put Christian juice in there, Mike. You got to throw some, you got to throw five bucks on the Red Wings to win to get really excited. Right. Um, get it, Christian juice. All right, I let's wrap it. this up. That was pretty bad. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Calling all Jets fans and foodies. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon Rewicki, the host of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Look, if you love Jets hockey, this is the place for you. 
in-depth breakdowns from every game, a deep dive into the big plays and moments from Winnipeg's season, and all the Jets talk you will not find anywhere else. We got it for you on Skates and Plates. Plus, if you love carbs and everything tasty, we jump into the world of food as well. Once a week, we also speak with a member of the local culinary scene to highlight their great stories and the great food they put out. So there it is. Hockey, Jets, food, drink, everything good in life. It's right here on Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network.